This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the agents get to do something that I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time. They are going to be doing a bank heist, or in this case, a casino heist. They're going to be doing Ocean's Eleven. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this ever since I read the adventure. I can't wait to see how this unfolds. And let me tell you, this heist goes wrong in every way possible, and I love it. Check it out this week. So first up, Battles are News. Mark Seifter starts this Monday, which means by the time you're listening to this, he's already started. So the very first thing he's going to be doing as he joins us full-time here at Roll for Combat and the Battles Zoo line is he's going to be going through... 5th edition monster parts system. The book is completely done. It's actually been written, it's even been play tested, but since Mark wrote the monster parts system for Pathfinder 2nd edition, and he's been so busy finishing up the Dragon Book that he didn't really have a chance to look at the monster parts system. And quite frankly, he still has to learn 5e as well as he knows Pathfinder 2nd edition. So the very first thing he's going to do so we can get that book out as soon as possible is he's going to be reading over all the monster parts system that was written by our 5e team, which is absolutely fantastic. It's actually the core team that did the level up campaign for Ian World. They wrote it. We've tested it. I think it's a solid system. But I still want Mark to go through it, give it his stamp of approval, and then we'll put in the final layout. So the monster part system and the 5e Battles of Bestiary is more or less done. We just need one more final review, and then it goes to layout. And then that should be out February, no problem. Then the Dragon Book. So everyone's like, where's the Dragon Book? Where's the Dragon Book? Dragon Book is like 80% done. We just have the special 45th dragon that needs to be done. And let me tell you, I got someone amazing. In fact, I'm signing the contract today to get this person to make the 45th dragon. I told you it's going to be someone famous. Just to give you an idea how famous they are. I actually had to negotiate a contract for several weeks. It wasn't just like, oh, do you want to do a dragon for me? It's like, no, actually, we had to negotiate a contract to have this person do the dragon with myself and Mark because that's how big of a deal they are. So we're going to have a special famous person do the 45th dragon. I think everyone's going to be very happy with who is going to be making the dragon. And we're going to do some video of this so you can actually watch us make the dragon with this person. You can see the before and after. You can see us actually making the dragon with this person. And then we're going to show after we make it and design it with them what it looks like at the end, including all the artwork. As for the book itself, let's see. Writing is about 85% done. When Mark is here full-time, he figures he just needs a week and he'll finish the book. So one week and that book is done. 
Then the artwork. We have about 90% of the artwork done. We're actually working on the border right now. And then the last thing we need is sort of spot illustrations and what we call full pagers and half pagers, which are, hey, what do you know? Full page and half page illustrations. So we'll get all that in there. So I'm looking for hopefully the book is going to be released for Pathfinder again in February. So that will be, well, done. And this is uh, this is going to be a huge book. This book is going to have more feats, more abilities, and more ways to play dragon than any single class. In fact, this ancestry is bigger, I think, than pretty much all the classes in Pathfinder. Definitely all the core classes, and I think even you put in like all the expansions. By the time we're done, this is just a gigantic, gigantic ancestry. It's basically almost like two classes maybe even three classes because you can play however you want you can play the dragon as a dragon ravager which is like a really hardcore dragon with dragon abilities you can just kind of play dragon light which is you get a couple of dragon abilities but you know you're kind of more of a humanoid dragon you can be a dragon mage where you go deep into the magic and the lore of being a dragon and then we even have a couple of hybrids in there you'll see we got a lot of cool stuff in there and the artwork it's the best artwork i've ever seen there's probably more dragons in this book than any other book ever published probably ever i think we have right now i think there's a hundred plus dragons right now that are going to be in the book so if you like dragons and you like cool illustrations of dragons doing pc type things then you're going to like this book and then once the book is done we're going to move it over to 5e which should not take very long because although this book is very complex the actual method behind the madness is actually quite simple because we're using all the ancestry rules that you can find in Pathfinder and we're just going to, well, reuse those rules and put them into 5e. We're kind of Pathfindering 5e, if you will. That's one of the nice things about 5e is the rules are so loose that you can just kind of make up systems however you want. And, well, you know, the Pathfinder system works really well. So why don't we just take the Pathfinder system and make it for 5e? There you go. That works pretty well, obviously with some adjustments, but it's going to be very similar. In fact, if you play Pathfinder and you look at this, you're going to be like, hey, I know where this came from. I know how this works. And then finally, Jewel of the Indigo Isle. It looks like Ron Lundin is pretty much done with his adventure. So that's two out of the three adventures will be done probably by the time you listen to it, which means Linda Zayas Palmer is the only one left. Uh, again, we wrote these in order because it is one large adventure and they're being linked. So this is kind of on purpose because the first adventure had to be written so we can link it to the second. And now the third adventure is the most complex one. The third adventure takes parts of the first two adventures and combines them into one mega adventure. So obviously it's a little annoying and now I can see why people don't do it this way. And the way like the Pathfinder adventure paths are written is they're all standalone. Like they can just write all six of them simultaneously and it's fine because they have the individual plot points and they don't really intersect too much with each other or they do indirectly. But this adventure, everything's intersecting with each other, and there's a lot of crossover, and there's a lot of connective tissue. So we had to write it in order to make sure that we can go back and mess things up and have to rewrite the whole thing. But this way, things that happen in the second book 
are directly impacted by the first book and obviously the third book is directly impacted by the first and second book so we had to do it in that order and then finally for the actual books themselves the good news is is that we have approved the printing of the pathfinder battle zoo bestiary that's right it's going to be really really nice so the reason it took so long is that i had to go through with the printing press which is in China, the color balance. Now, back in the old days, the way this would work is that you would actually fly to the printer, actually go on press, and actually be there while they're printing it to make sure the color balance is correct. And if you need to change things, they would do it on the fly. Those days are long gone. I haven't gone on press in 25, 30 years. So I don't even know anyone who even does that anymore. Uh, so now everything is done through FedEx. <laughs> and that's how you do everything. And the big issue was that the color I felt was a little dark in the inside of the book. So I had them redo all that and then I was happy with the inside. But the big problem was the cover because the cover for various reasons was just coming out kind of blah and I didn't really like the way the color came out. So I worked with them very carefully. The problem with that is you gotta work with them. You gotta do the color balance. It might look fine on your computer and then they print it out on a fake cover and FedEx it to you and then it looks like crap. So that took a while. That took a good month, month and a half maybe even two months. Uh, there was a lot of holidays in there and stuff. And then finally, I managed to get it back. I approved the cover. I'm holding them in my hands as we're talking, and it looks incredible. And if you get the special edition, we added embossed on the front. So it is gold foil embossed. It looks badass. Actually, that emboss looks so good. I was thinking of doing it on all the books because it's not that expensive, but man, it looks really good. Just having it like pop, and then you got the gold foil, and then there's gold on the side. There's just gold everywhere. It's a lot of gold on it. It just looks neat. It looks high quality. It's, it's nice. I really like the special edition version. It came out awesome. Anyhow, that is being printed up as we speak. Hopefully you get your hand on those in a few months. Those have to be shipped from China. Good news is all that shipping problems are pretty much gone. So expect to get those books in your greedy little hands probably hmm, it's about three months from now. That's uh, how long it takes for them to print it and then ship it and go through customs, get into our warehouse, and then we'll start shipping them out. If you order just the Battles of Bestiary, you'll get that shipped separately. If you ordered it with other books, then you have to wait for the other books to get finished before that one is shipped. So anyhow, there is the big update on Battles of Bestiary and all the Battles of Books. And then RPG Superstar, well, by the time you listen to this, it's probably over, and we're going to be starting professional judging voting. And the way that works is that we will take all the public votes, we'll take the top monsters, we'll move them to the judge voting, and then the judges will vote. And then in the end, it's a combination of both public voting and judge voting that will determine the final winners. And that's not going to be announced until March 15th. That is when the final winners will be announced. Anyhow, with that, let's get to show notes, which will be pretty short because I just kind of went through everything that would I would normally put into show notes. Show notes this week. Okay, the big thing I want you to all do is go to our YouTube page. Just go to youtube.rollforcombat.com and subscribe because Mark and I are going to be starting up a show in the very near future. Maybe as soon as this week that you're listening to this podcast right now. We're going to be doing a live show. Mark and I are going to talk about a subject, answer questions, and a few other really big surprises. I can't talk about them just yet. i got to work out a few more details, but you're going to like it. Just trust me. 
everyone, I'm always like, trust me, just trust me, okay? I got a lot of cool things coming up. We're gonna be breaking the mold in multiple ways. So be on the lookout for that. So again, just go to the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe, make sure you hit the little bell because it's gonna be a live show and this way you'll be alerted and then you can talk to us live on the air and be part of what we're gonna be doing, which I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you're gonna to wanna to take part in this, trust me. As for the Patreon, now that I have Mark on board, I wanna to try to add some more stuff to the Patreon because right now at five bucks, you get to listen to us live and you get to shows a little early, but with Mark on board, I can actually add some more fun things to the Patreon. So do check that out with patreon.rollforcombat.com. And there's a newsletter, which you should subscribe to, and you can just go to rollforcombat.com. There's a pop-up that will appear. Just enter your email, and you'll be subscribed to the newsletter. And that'll be a weekly newsletter. Mark's going to write that, and we're going to get that out. So lots of things are going to be happening after you start listening to this podcast, and Mark starts here full-time. A lot of things. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you managed to do the impossible. You put an end to gang warfare in the city of Absalon. And you did so by turning the tides. You, well, I don't know what you did. First, you, uh, you were buddies with the washboard dogs. And then you became dogs yourself after fighting and nearly taking down the doorbell sweepers. You said, hey, let's potty. And then you became buddies with the doorbell sweepers. And next thing you know, there's poof, no more gang warfare. You're just washing your hands of the whole thing. I'll tell you that much. Because in the end of the day, you ended up with a whole bunch of loot. The captain was, you know, pretty happy. Believe it or not. And, oh, I almost forgot. It's paper time. That's right, paper time. Ding a ding a ding. What does the eyes on Absalon have to say about gang warfare? Let's see. Put that in the handouts. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, nice. <laughs> gang war. Chris Beamer is playing Lomang, an orc tiefling monk of the crane style. Tensions boil over between dock district gangs. Brutus Brewers stopped from developing dangerous new formulas. Gang war! Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. <laughs> Eyes on Absalom. Get it today. <laughs> Our boys in blue are going to war. So there, <laughs> so there you go. In the eyes of Absalom. Extra, extra, one kappa. <laughs> like, there you go. They uh, they covered it as usual. Dun, 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 dun. Now, you did a couple of big things. A lot of big, big things happened. First, level 10. Dun, 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 dun. Big level. Everyone gets four more points to put in into your abilities. Everyone has... Man, I'm seeing people with hundreds of hit points. Almost 200, not quite. Don't look at me. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Lobag. Lobag. hundred and sixty hit points. 160. 
Just keep me topped off. That's all I have. But I'll tell you what's really impressive. All I know is I was testing out Dougie, and I did a little attack just to see. And he rolled. What did he roll in his attack? I did an attack on Lomang. And Lomang, he rolls like, you know, like a 35. I was like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But then Dougie, he rolled a 40. I was like, a 40? What the heck is going on here? He's going to be mopping up the streets, Lomang. I think I might have to catch up a little there. Well, we'll uh, see. We'll see. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think I did catch up, actually. I, I can't find what I took. <laughs> John Stats is playing Cadet Dougie McDougal, a human ruffian rogue. Look at that. I just rolled just for fun. 39 to hit. Look at that. Damn. Well, plus two, because I have flanking. <laughs> 41. That's it. He's just like fooling around. Dougie's like, low man can't even see his arms. He's going so fast. Dougie is just like, he's just a, a blaze of speed. And He is. And I haven't been, uh, I just realized now, I haven't been applying any of my debilitating strike. Well, you only. Things on my camera enemies like this past oh yeah no no i get it at level nine i get it at level nine but it's i have to remember that it happens only when they're flat-footed so yeah you have a lot of things that you forget because you have a rogue and rogues they get a lot of stuff i was looking at yours i was like there's basically a literally a sheet and like four point type listing everything you can do it's pretty nuts but you also have all this gear we have to go through. But before we do all that, let's go through. Who wants to go through their level 10 character? 10. I got to be last. I can't, fig I, I can't oh, figure man. out what I took. Well, let's do the easiest one first. Lomang. Oh, Lomang is you're so, so not, easy. So not the easiest. Uh, where do I begin? Uh, okay, so um, level 10. Yes, I got my attributes bumped. Uh, I believe that it's strength, dexterity, constitution, I believe. Um, you got the magic strength of 20. I have 20 strikes. Very strong. Very strong. Um, continuing with the Adventure Path's uh, special dedication that comes with it for... Actually, anyone can take it, but um, it's kind of a monk thing, unarmed attack thing. Jalmeri Heaven Seeker Dedication, and then Heaven's Thunder to go with that, which is nice. We'll see We'll see that in effect at some point. And uh, also, we got a free uh, multi-class. What do they call it? Free Archetype. Free Archetype. So I took... Uh, my Archetype I chose is Rogue. So You're I'm... copying Dougie! Yeah, again. <laughs> oh! Again. Yeah. No surprise. Do you have sneak attack now? I do. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I do have sneak attack now. <laughs> I think it's a compliment, Dougie. I think I think Lomang it's is true. so impressed by how good Dougie is. I got sneak attack. Him. I also got mobility. I also, <laughs> which, uh, which is good. It sort of uh, prevents uh, attacks of opportunity. I get uh, battle medicine. I've got uh, what else? Uh, I got sneak attack. We already talked about that. I got reactive pursuit, which means that if someone tries to run away from me, I can uh, follow them what? as a reaction. That does not sound good. 
Yeah, it's very good reactive pursuit, especially because I'm fast. And then I got something else. Oh, I got uh, Uncanny Dodge, I think it's called, or it's called something different. Yep. Yeah. So, that so that's another rogue thing. I got a, a lot of rogue. D- deny advantage, I got. Oh, my God. I got Surprise <laughs> Attack. I have Thievery and Stealth now. The only thing I don't have is Trap Finding yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Probably next so yeah. from a narrative point of view... Did Lomang just outright copy Dougie without his knowledge, or did he ask Dougie to train him? Um, no, it's basically, uh, I watched Dougie in action. I was mildly impressed. Mildly? And I, and I said, you know what? <laughs> For someone of like me, I could l- take what he's l- doing, and I can improve it and perfect it and make it better. Oh! So, <laughs> all the time using no weapons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Keep telling yourself. Yes, much, li- much like the other show has Sweet Red, we now have Igwad. <laughs> Jason McDonald is playing Basil Blackfeather, a Tengu empiricist investigator. <laughs> Bizarro Dougie. <laughs> Bizarro Dougie? I think it's Bizarro Lomang. I think it's like right. Gamma Ol. <laughs> well, I need someone's going to actually, I'll, I'll be referring to Dougie on how you do precision damage because I don't even know. Oh. Well, the first thing is you have to hit. Right. Well, that's, oh! yeah, that's, <laughs> that's wow! Damn! Yeah, no, Touche. Uh, no, no guarantees there, as we know. But wow. uh, I guess if you have flanking, right, is a good thing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I was going to take twin strike, but it seemed too convoluted for me to figure that out. <laughs> wow! Seems twin like, faint? Do you mean twin faint? Twin faint. It's oh. it's too roguey. It's too roguey. Yeah, I'm a rogue. I'm a rogue now. I am a you, rogue. Well, I don't think you actually are. I'm looking here. I think you might have more rogue feats than you have monk feats. I have point. many rogue talents. You have just, a lot of rogue. A lot. All right. Uh, I, mean, I, I didn't know. I wasn't. That's why it took me so long to make my character because I didn't realize once I took that, it was like a bunch of things. Said you're only two out of five, so I had like all these choices to make of stuff. Like oh, too much. Too much. We well, want to make sure that Lomang didn't take all the high level choices too. I just want to make sure that that's done legally. We don't oh, want him. It's uh, all legal according to Hero Lab. Well, yeah, but Hero Lab will let you uh, choose too many high level ones. Well, I didn't pick anything that was red. So I'm seeing here. He's got Path Perfection, Powerful Sneak Attack, Surprise Attack, Mobility. Advanced trickery, basic trickery, rogue dedication, sneak attacker, uncanny dodge, battle medicine, <laughs> catfall. You are <laughs> basically yeah. Wait, am I looking at Dougie's that... character or love? I don't know whose character this is. Oh my lordy! Uh, yeah, you're looking at mine, and Dougie did a lot of copy and pasting. That's all. Ah! <laughs> That's really... Are you gonna put up with this, John? Well, I cannot figure out how to install the thing into Hero Lab, so I can't take the monk. Uh, I, want, I want to take the monk abilities right now. Actually, you can. Like that is an option. You can take monk yeah. uh, archetype multi-class. Uh, yeah, but that would be a downgrade for you. It is a downgrade. It's a totally a downgrade for you because it's like you get flurry of it's like so what? You already have that. Like you already yeah. got that. You already have better than that. Oh yeah. Go next does. Basil, well, since we're talking about or rogues, Dougie. okay, yeah, yeah you're we're ready? talking about you're rogues. Yeah, okay, I found good. I found out what I took. Okay, I got of course um, more strength. 
I got I got the I put my you know points into my uh, attributes. So twenty strength. Yes. Just just like twenty strength. Um, wait, wait, wait! Actually, I want to see something. Doggy, what's your strength? My strength is twenty strength. Okay, low man, what's your strength? Uh, twenty. Okay, uh, Doggy, what is your dex? Eighteen. Low man, what's your dex? Eighteen. <laughs> low man, Doggy, what is your con? Uh, Doggy's con is eighteen. Low man, what is your con? Eighteen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ducky. What is your intelligence? Oh, he's only ten intelligence. Oh, Lobag, what's yours? Eight. Oh, oh, my charisma is eight. What's your charisma? Eight. Oh! <laughs> and what's your wisdom? Sixteen. Oh, I have sixteen too. <laughs> How do you have that without negative? They have the exact know. same character. You guys, I took a, I took you guys a, are brothers uh, from another mother. Yep. I took a, uh, I took a voluntary flaw. I you should, did. Yeah. I did too. They, okay. That's why you both yeah, took flaws. That's, that's how. That's how similar you are. Well, it's you, great we can build our characters completely different and customize. And uh, it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is really weird. <laughs> All right. It's what pretty. I think it's yeah. We're both melee combatants, so it kind of makes sense, right? Kind of. Yeah, you want the same stuff. Yeah, but no. I could have gone dexterity. It's just, just funny when I see. I'm like, I can't even tell which character I'm looking at. However, <laughs> Doggy only has 138 hit points. Right. Lomang, 160 hit points. Damn right. <laughs> He's still going to be complaining. And better, and better armor class. And of course gonna, he is. is better What's armor. your armor class, Wilming? <laughs> uh, like with crane stance on, it's it's 30. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. My, mine's 28 with no crane stance. And I can get it to 32 if I do my, my flutter attack. Right. Nice. I just wonder, like, what's the difference in, in, a, in a fight? I don't know. I think we might have to have a little duel here. It would be pretty close. <laughs> like World because my, my new my new heaven's thunder thing is really good. We would we have to roll the hit or just average the rolls? Because well, if you roll the hit, then Dougie already won. Yeah, there's no point in even <laughs> playing it out. Oh, so, no, Dougie, what did you do? What, do you okay, so Dougie picked up something. He picked up a class feat. This is basically the headline: uh, dual weapon blitz. And what he, it, it means is I can stride up to my. Uh, normal speed and at any point during that movement I can strike once which each of my two weapons and that means that I can basically hit and then run away hit and run away and the question I have is if this is if it works like my twin faint where I get the same negative uh application on both strikes or if it's uh, a different like a minus 5 or minus 10 or or is it both like at the same thing no it's what happens is it's whatever it's at currently so for example I'm not looking at it right now if you do a double attack and let's just say you don't have to take a minus you do both attacks at plus 0 but then you now want to take a third attack on your second round. Well, that's at minus eight 
because it just goes by the number of attacks you did. Right. So okay. That's so, how it works. Okay, so the, the, I, I wouldn't get that bonus. Okay, so it still gives me a lot better mobility. And yeah, oh, it's, it's good. It's, yeah, I saw it's, that. It's it's situational. Um, there really wasn't any big upgrade. That was probably the biggest upgrade. I didn't see anything else that was uh, uh, stood out. But, uh, yeah, that was... That was the main thing for Dougie. It's just a little bit more mobility. I don't even know. Honestly, I'll probably be using Twin Faint so much that I might never use that uh, ability. But It's but, actually pretty good because you can move your full speed. Yeah, yeah. It's it, But again, it's it's you know, Twin Faint, when, I, when, when my second one doesn't suffer a minus five, that is pretty hard to trade in something for that. But there are situations where I might need to, like, kind of when I need to move 10 feet or 20 feet to get flanking, this will at least get me in there. And so now I'm like, okay, so I'd rather have a plus two, plus two, and just receive a minus five on, you know, the last, uh, the last one. So mm-hmm. it'll be cool. Who wants to go next? That's a tough act to follow. The uh, <laughs> double rogue, the, the rogue twins there. Rogue twin activates form of a pool of water. I'll jump in next. All right. Um, though there's going to be one correction, Steve, because I <gasps> realized I didn't. There was one of the things I, <gasps> I didn't have the prerequisite for. So I had to change on the fly. Oh, oh no. Um, I actually kind of did a ri- bit of a. F- rebuild because I made my free archetype the wizard archetype that I had already taken at level 2. And so in kind of retroactively cleaning all that up, the archetype that I replaced it with is Eldritch Archer, which means I can now start to do fun things with imbuing arrows with magic. Oh no. I am my own I am my own rune, <laughs> as it were. Though runes are more efficient because they don't take extra actions whereas, you know, yeah, most of the Eldritch Archer abilities do take an action or two to perform. But yeah, so now Basil can turn his arrows magical. So that's kind It's of- funny how you never thought you would ever use a bow. You find this random bow, you pick it up, and next thing you know, you're like, damn, this thing is mighty fine. And now you completely rebuild your character around, around the bow. archery. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> um,. In terms of other major changes, uh, my my four ability scores, I did Strength, Con, Dex, and Intelligence. Pretty much the standard choices for combat. Um, I picked up Advanced First Aid, which now, in addition to stabilizing and curing bleed, I can also cure someone... I can try to cure someone's uh, frightened or sickness on the fly, but I can only do one at a time. And in fact, if I get a critical success, I cure it entirely. Cool. Um, my class feed is something called Suspect of Opportunity. What it basically does is my, I have my targets of my investigation um, once per hour, so I can't just keep doing it, but once per hour I can reset my target to anybody who attacked me. So at least it picked, picking the right spot, I can actually... Uh, essentially, I can get my Devise a Stratagem for free more often, but I have to kind of pick my spots for it it's only once per hour and then once the fight's over i go back to my original investigation targets so you know you know we're just we've got the main target or like the dealable you know when we were going up against the gangs like the gang leader was my original target but if there's some lieutenant who's who's fighting us i could switch my target to him for that fight 
so that's a basic once you, and you once you factor in all the all the uh, archetype stuff, my other main changes then enchanting arrow, which basically lets me add mental damage to my shots if I want. I'm gonna have to program this all in. This is a lot of stuff. Okay. Last but not least, Gomez, who's so cool. I even gave him the chance to take a free archetype, and he said, no thank you. Wow. Yeah, yeah I stuck with I uh, Sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, not worth it. Not worth the effort. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's just too much. It's too much. <laughs> um, but uh, instead, uh, flat out Sorcerer, old school, Cone of Cold. Cone uh, of Cold. Cone of Cold. And uh, you get interesting feats building off of my intimidation. Gomez is now so scary when he looks at you with that look that any opponent that's ninth level or lower might just simply run from him before the fight has even started. I think we call that cheating in the in the biz. <laughs> well, what it, what, it, what it is is uh, battle cry demoralize when, when the initiative is rolled. Uh, I don't have to say anything because it's a glare from that other feat that we've been using forever. And the new one is Terrified Retreat. Critically succeed on a demoralized action if the target's level is lower than yours, the target is fleeing for one round. So it being a critical success, he's got fear too anyway from that. But uh, also, he will just run away from me for a round. You know, the problem with all this is that these melee guys are so strong that they're like, all right, come to me. And then you're like, boo. And they all run away. And then poor Basil and Lomang are like, damn it, Gomez. And they have like run after them to beat them up. Uh, that, 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 I, I, that makes it better. You said that's not, a, that's not a bug. That's a feature. <laughs> uh, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Um, Go, go fetch. Go fetch. <laughs> go, go, go get him. Let's see. Kona cold. Let's see how much damage that. Oh, that's a terrible one. Let me try again. Yeah, and I got oh, to. That's a bad uh, roll, too. <laughs> I have to retrain my signature spell for that level to make Kona cold the uh, the one, but it doesn't matter now because it's my highest level spell anyway. I don't know. I was doing Kona cold to getting like in the 40s and 50s when I was testing it. So I was like, damn, 50 points of damage in an AoE. Spread, yeah. It's <laughs> like sick. Sick, I tell you, those level five spells. Ouch. Okay. So not only did you guys level up, but you got a whole bunch of loots to take care of, which we'll do quickly. So we got, according to the uh, the little placard, you got a plus one morning star. You got a chain shirt. You got a heavy crossbow. You got steel shield. Those are worth garbage. You got some uh, moderate bottle lightnings, not bad. You got some moderate frost, frost vials, not bad. You got those spell strike bullets, which are awesome because they're literally magic missile in bullet form, but you got to use a sling for those. You got a moderate tanglefoot badge. You got a greater cheater's elixir. Moderate bravo's brew. You got another plus one morning star. You got some more frost vials and bullets. Another tanglefoot bag. You did get a ring of energy resistance acid, which could be useful for someone who doesn't want to get acid burns. In addition, I 
let you, I think you pocketed the expertly crafted chessboard and pieces, which was stolen property. And you were able to get a hundred gold pieces reward for those. I like it. But there's one more thing that I left off the sheet. You get a bounty, a bounty for bringing peace and prosperity to the docks district. How much do you think that bounty is? For doing a good job, for taking care of business, for bringing peace and prosperity, and basically it's the wages they're going to be saving in dealing with a gang war. That should be worth at least 150 gold pieces. I'm going with five silver. I'm doing the prices right $1. So I'm doing the prices right $1. Yeah, I'm going to say 151 gold pieces. Hey. What about a a medal, a slap on the back with a hearty handshake and a doing good works as its own reward? Fifteen hundred gold pieces. What a car! (laughs) (laughs) What's in the showcase? A new car! Wow. (laughs) We split that up between four of us? Yes. If you want, 375 gold pieces each. Because this is a rogue-related issue, it gets split amongst the rogue in the party. <laughs> Anyhow, now yeah. we have your new totals there. As you can see, Dougie has 940 gold, Basil 479, Lomax 602, and Gomez. <sighs> Gomez, we're bringing up the rear with... How is that possible? That's yeah, how wrong. is that possible? That is it's, because, it's because I buy all these consumables all the time. Yeah, but how? No, I did the, no, I did the math wrong. Hold on. Oh, that's good. Generally speaking, I have less because I keep on buying consumables and consuming them. Okay, let's redo those totals, shall we? On the board, let's go backwards to forwards. Gomez, 509. Lomang, 836. Basil, 707. And... Oh, seven cents. Dougie, the big winner. 1,052 gold pieces at 98 cents. Damn. Uh, yeah, so Dougie's, I, I just want to announce Dougie's secret goal has been reached, uh, which is 1,000 gold pieces. He retires. He wins the game. He nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm revealing that right now. He just re- it's a secret goal. Yeah. It's a secret goal. You should, you should, turn, you should turn that thousand gold piece into a thousand gold piece gold watch. <laughs> it's like, what does the watch do? Nothing. It gives me bling. <laughs> well, not only that, you got some stuff you can sell if you want. You got all oh, that yeah. other junk. I need so. some money. I will be money, willing money, to money. sell everything. Uh, I think we I think we sell everything except that's what you guys want. Uh, Dougie's been taking and the a lot ring of, of resistance is good, but I'd rather too. have one that's like fire than acid. I agree. Yeah, acid. Acid's so yeah. rare, really rare. And is it resistance like, or is it probably like, like a five or something? Yeah. How it good so, God, how we've got a hundred. It's so some many. energy of resistance. Yeah, you resist five against one type. Oh, geez, that's. That's just so. <laughs> you could buy a new one for two hundred and forty-five. Yeah, gold. but even at our level, it's it, it's yeah. It's, well, it's kind of cool. Like fire is kind of cool because you could actually literally wade into like you could just stand in the middle of a bonfire just for the fun of it, or yeah, like remove cool. all that splash damage stuff. It's good for flavor. Oh, fire would be awesome. Yeah, 
Well, if you sell everything, now the totals are Gomez 639, Lomang 966. Oh, yeah. So close to the thousand, but not quite. Basil 837, and Dougie. Oh, man. Dougie's going to start opening up a loan sharking business. 1,182 gold pieces and 98 cents. Look at that. Yeah. There was something I wanted to buy, but I forget what it was. If you if you wear that ring, I bet you can cut onions without crying. <laughs> That's true. God. Well, there you go. What um, if there's anything you wish to buy? Now, the good news is the last part of what's going on is that you've been well tasked to probably infiltrate a casino. I'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, so you're not, like, in a huge rush to buy stuff, like, you know, if you want to think about it. It's not like you have to wade into combat right away. Right. So um, you do have time if you want to think about it. So you can probably just bank it, if you will. So. Oh, yeah. Dougie's saving his money. I was. I think I was going to get, like, a rune for my ra- hand wraps that gave me more damage. I think you're either going to get a rune for your hand wraps, but I think you have the thing for the saving throws already for your armor. Um, one of those two it was either the. It was, yeah, it was either. I think I was either going to up my armor class right. or. Well, you can't up your armor class yet. The plus two. I think you have to wait to like fourteen level or something for that. Oh, really? The plus is like four thousand gold pieces, so <laughs> you ain't doing that anytime soon. Um, yeah. Well, in the meantime, while you think about it, we can do what's going on. So here's your characters. Let's make sure you know, look them over. Make sure everything looks right in roll twenty. But you go to sleep. You wake up, and sure enough, the captain wants to see you all. Get in here. Nah, she's nice. Hey, fellas, Red Squad, come on in. We come on in. Reporting Fort Duty. As you wake up, and you feel stronger, more relaxed, and reading the morning paper, all about the cool stuff that you do, you get called in for the captain. You know what? I'll just bring the captain up to you. She looks. It's a nice day. Let's have a meeting outside. It is a nice day. So let's 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 take the class outside, shall we? That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sit under the tree and learn. Okay. She looks over your notes, looks over your report, and she lauds you for your mindfulness and reassures you that what you did was the correct action. That letting the gang's feud continue would have endangered a lot more innocent Absalonians than not. And although you had to make a hard choice, you did good work. Good job, Red Squad. Red Squad! So however, she she read your report and she's like, you know, news of this Twilight Force dangerous thing worries me intensely. I speculate that it's some kind of doomsday device. Especially if it's locked in the uh, Lucky Nimbus. And let me tell you something. Lucky Nimbus is a venue that's hosted many of Absalon's most high-profile criminals over the decade. And I know a thing or two about Gage Carlisle. And your gang contact was correct. Informing Carlisle of the device in his establishment would be a huge misstep. And if we tip our hand too soon, we can imperil our investigation either purposefully or inadvertently. I suggest instead that you go undercover, deep 
undercover. And just to illustrate my point, let me relate a story about a prior investigation a few years ago in which I requested access to the Lucky Nimbus's lockboxes and, of course, came up empty-handed. I suspected foul play, but the next morning, a powerful Grand's Councilman adjunct suggested, not so politely, that I drop the matter altogether, which, of course, I did. I also believe that simply raiding the casino would have been inadvisable, as Gage clearly has friends in very high places. And on top of that, he is not breaking a single law. Hence, securing a proper search warrant is out of the question, as doing so would tip their hand to Gage, and besides, it would take far too long for the warrant to come through, especially without any substantial evidence. No, she amuses out loud. The best way to ensure the recovery of the Twilight Force device would be to sneak in somehow, perhaps during some high-profile event during which Carlisle will be amply distracted. She pulls out a binder, paging through an agenda of upcoming events related to the Radiant Festival. The captain's eyes widen, and she slaps the papers down, showing you on the ground. Here, and she points. A bold header on the page announces in large letters, The Floating Gala at the Lucky Nimbus. That's your best bet. You should scout around the Lucky Nimbus, get a lay of the land, secure some disguises, and infiltrate the casino during the grand upcoming soiree, the Floating Gala. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of time. The Floating Gala is likely your only chance to slip in unnoticed and get this device quickly. If you go any other regular night, I'm sure he's going to suspect something and prevent you from reaching the vault. You have three days to prepare, and then the gala will be hosted at the Lucky Nimbus Casino. Do you have any questions? Do we have a budget to prepare? Yes. I just gave you 1,500 gold pieces. Another 1,500. That's right. Goodness. That's right. I see you swimming in wealth. Some of that was for this very assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't need to prepare that much, then. Oh, I don't know. Trying to uh, bribe your way in will probably take a fair amount of coin. You see, the people at the Lucky Nimbus, they're very well paid, the employees. And they all enjoy their job quite a bit. It's going to take quite the diplomacy to get any information or turn anyone. Yeah, I, I noticed that on the. Sh- there's a lot of diplomacy type things. That is not me, Gomez. You're the master of diplomacy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do we want to talk about? Uh, do Do we want to talk about the mechanics of this encounter? Yes. Let's Let's talk about the mechanics. Let's, let's, get, let's get meta. Let's get. Let's meta. get meta. We're going to get meta for a second because. Many times, and this has been the downfall of many a role-playing game, and this is why I like Pathfinder 2nd Edition so much, is that they, many people have tried to codify things like this, but I think a lot of them have failed because, well, they just 
presumed that was a second or a tertiary part of the system. So they added it as an afterthought. I know for a fact they did not, and they were thinking about this from day one, and they made the system so modular that they actually came up with a very cool subsystem to actually infiltrate and then perform a heist, or in this case, a deception. And Seth Lipton will discuss how this works. So yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. Uh, the, the basic idea is what do you do with encounters when you can't fight? Like everything in these games is all about combat, 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 combat. All your characters are about combat, but uh, but what if you're in a situation where raising the alarm is not simply something that's going to bleed encounters and make the fight more difficult? What if you're in a situation where you 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 can't solve it by brute force and you can't get caught? So all the fighting skills are are off the table. So what mechanics do you use? So uh, it looks like what they came up with was this concept of it's an infiltration. So you have uh, two competing values where you're trying to gain uh, successes in one value while trying to avoid failures that are another value. So it's like, so uh, the success, what you're after, they've abstracted it to infiltration points. And so a whole task, and let's say, like, well, let's not use this example, let's just use a, another example. Like say you need to uh, bring somebody from prison and not raise the alarm. So. That goal could be a series of a uh, series of obstacles that added together would be worth, say, ten infiltration points. And so, there could be different obstacles in the way of, of reaching your goal, like uh, locating where in the facility the the target is that you're trying to free. That could be one obstacle. Getting through uh, locked doors or traps or something like that to uh, attain your, uh, your, your, uh, your objective, to get to where the cell the guy is in. That could be another obstacle. Then getting them out could be, could be a whole other obstacle. So the whole encounter could be, uh, could be budgeted at uh, 10 infiltration points. And like the first ob- uh, obstacle, you need to get like three points to beat that one. Second one, you need another three points to beat that one. And, like, and you see how it goes. Kind of in the same way that the individual obstacles are, are, are subbing in for the concept of, of, of if you were a combat encounter, you'd be fighting different rooms, right? You beat this encounter, then you go to that encounter, do that encounter. And uh, rather than losing hit points and trying to get to the end while still being alive and having all your spell, not having your spells depleted and not having your hit points depleted, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the end and out by, by achieving your uh, infiltration points without losing the awareness points. Now, the awareness points that's uh the other side is growingly more and more aware of your activities kind of like uh the same concept of uh, all of those stealth mechanics where the eyeball is like opening up and opening it up and opening up and then it'll snap down you know like it, it, it it's a little bit like that and uh so if you fail uh in one obstacle that could cost you awareness points and up the awareness points and, and the uh, awareness points there'll be different levels of uh of awareness where you reach one tier of we reach the end of one tier of awareness a complication will, uh, will arise that's like a secondary extra encounter you have to you have to overcome that is not progressing you toward your goal it's just a brick but if you fail the complication guess what more awareness points and so it can cascade right and so if you so say you you get to that first encounter where you're trying to uh, infiltrate the the prison and you're stopped by the locked gate. You know, you, you, you try to open it up and you fail miserably. 
like uh, you you might have uh, tripped a guard, a guard noticed your presence, and now you got a complication. You have to deal with the guard, and so then there's a secondary uh, challenge where you're trying to uh, uh, avoid the wary guard so you can get back to work and try the uh, and try to lock gate again. And the way that you deal with all of these encounters is uh, non-combat skills. It's all skill checks. And so, like, uh, you know, it could be a thievery check for a locked door. It could be a diplomacy check, you know, to talk your way past the guard. You know, it could be a deception to try to lie to the guard, talk your way out of it. Stealth to just hide from them. And all of those are, uh, are, are all planned out ahead of time, uh, depending on what the obstacles are and what the potential complications that will arise from failures in those obstacles are in reaching the different uh, uh, tiers of awareness. And so that's, that's the broad strokes of how kind of the dungeon part of that works. And then there's a second there. There's a, there's a whole other layer, which is uh, preparation prior to that. And uh, so there's a lot of options you can do, you can use to uh, make the uh, obstacles easier to overcome by doing prep work ahead of time and doing kind of like extra bonus encounters to try and sort that out. So say uh, one of them could be you stake the place out and so you know the patterns of the guards. And uh, that gives you, what is it called? Edge points. And those edge points, like they give you an edge, right? You know, so those are like bonus modifiers you get. And that, that is counterbalanced by the additional things that can happen with the awareness points that as the tiers of awareness points go up, the DC on all the, on all the following uh, obstacles goes up. So, the, the, the more, so kind of like the more hit points you lose in the awareness point perspective, the higher the DCs get on the infiltration points side, if that makes sense. And it kind of like in broad concepts, like that's what it is. And so for the, so for this encounter, uh, we got to find out what the obstacles are going to be to our goal, which is to get the lockbox and get out of there and not have anybody know. And so we got to find out what the obstacles are, try to maximize our ability to succeed in those obstacles by doing the preparatory activities, and uh, then go for it and do it. And, and like and then Ocean's loving it. Yep, basically it's almost two aspects first you got to prepare and you can do now they have a lot of set preparation set up already in pathfinder and those prep activities are but anyway but i got the uh, the prep activities here it's uh like the, and, and it's it's stuff that you think what it is it's like bribery forging you know documents uh making contacts which is interesting like you can uh uh it's like you're gaining a contact, you know, like somebody in the inside or whatever, building a relationship with somebody that'll give you a bonus. Uh, gossip, you know, get the rumors and stuff, get the information, and uh, scout out the location and secure disguises. And the thing that's important is most of these take the, the full day. So because you only have three days to prep, in essence, you have 12 of these preps you can do. And that's why you have to, so you have to use your time, you know, like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do five of these. It's like, no, you, you literally, each of you can do one per day. And so you have to use your time wisely to see how you're going to do it. Now, these are just suggested. In fact, you can do things outside the box if you want, you know, like these are the most common ones, but. Well, anything you've seen in like Ocean's Eleven, you could probably do in this, you know, if you want to, well, I'm not going to tell you, you figure it out. Uh, but uh, if you saw Ocean's Eleven, just think of the things they did there. You could probably do those too. Your goal, according to Captain, first, 
You must get Gage's master key or a copy of it. Second, you'll need to figure out a way to enter the vault and retrieve the lockbox or its contents. And finally, you'll need to leave the casino without drawing attention to yourselves. If you or any of your team is caught, we will deny all knowledge of your activity. This will self-destruct in five seconds. All right, so cool. So if I hear this right, get the key, obstacle one. We have uh, the key. Get, no, no, the other key. There's two keys, two keys. Oh. Two keys, right? We yes, have, we have, the we have owner of the casino has the other key. Right, right. So, so get the key from the owner of the casino, one obstacle. Uh, get access to the vault, like get physical access to the vault, second obstacle. Uh, secure the goods and actually make it out without being detected, third obstacle, so is what I'm hearing. That seems correct. correct. Yep. And so right off the top of my head, uh, I am like built, my character design is built for all of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like all You're this all stuff. Like, this. And so right off the top of my head, uh, early on, I, I disguise myself as a patron, go into the casino to scout the location. So it was like secure disguise itself, like trying out a disguise to see if it'll work. Scout the location by going in and actually gambling in the casino. Uh, while I'm doing that, talk to the patrons and try to get gossip and try to find out, uh, uh, try to find out, find out any weaknesses uh, or lapses in her security. Well, everything is going to happen simultaneously. So why don't right, we right, right, right. It, so right, so right. And, then, and then try to gain contacts and also try to forge documents. Yes, I mean, you, you, there's yes. So it's it, you can put it this way. Everyone should figure out what you want to do on day one. And there's three days, so. If day one, figure out what each of you want to do. Day what, two. What, day what's three. the story with attempting a normal, hard, or very hard? You get to choose that. I think that's set by the. Uh, I think that's GM set. Like that's the encounter. You see mm-hmm. that rumors that infiltrates the target. Yeah, like, like that. Like hard. that. That like that's parallel to. Is this dungeon room a hard, easier, difficult encounter? So basically, I don't have any of any skill that's going to work for any of this. Well, there is, uh, there's one, like, what's your knowledge skill? What's your lore skill? Everybody has a lore skill. Uh, it kind of, it was defaulted to warfare lore. So you can use, you, you can use your lore skill, your warfare skill, uh, to try to get a contact in the guard. How about that? Possibly, yeah. It's really low, but I have it. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Like, what, like, what, what are your best skills? Like, like your non-combat Athletics. Leaders? Acrobatics, yeah. medicine, nature, Not the same build, stealth, stealth thievery, <laughs> thievery, so stealth, uh, medicine, medicine, thievery. Nature. So can you use? <laughs> so all right. So 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 stealth, thievery. Yeah, thievery that, is probably applicable stealth is definitely applicable to stealth to scout location like you can you can go in there like you can go into Mm. the into the yeah you can absolutely you go into the place as as, like as a patron and then on the sly uh check their security and use your stealth to like to to scout out their security yeah that's that that is that is the only one that has like my best skill is going to be i have society so my best skill is going to be gaining contacts or forging documents. Yeah. Or secure disguises is on there too. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everything else is to a lesser extent diplomacy, but I'm only like plus thirteen in diplomacy, whereas I'm plus twenty in society. Right. Deception uh, diplomacy. So you're you are definitely our forger because I'm plus I'm great in all of these, but uh, uh, I'm only plus eighteen. So you got plus two on society. So you should definitely do that one. Yeah, I don't have society. Nope. Well, Basil will use his family connections and 
don the don the disguise of son of the uh, of the heir to the silver tobacco farming fortune and uh, <laughs> schmooze. You should play roulette with a system. Do, do any of you have crafting? Nope. I actually think I have. Well, let me double check you. You do it. Well, your society is better. I got, got plus eighteen crafting as well. I have. I'm kind of I'm a, I'm a secondary skill. I'm a pretty good skill monkey. In fact, the only things I don't do are the charisma ones, which you do pretty well. Right. All right. I'm not strong either. So. <laughs> oh, actually, no. I'm trained in warfare. You too. <laughs> uh, that, like, that's, that's your lore skill. Yeah, that's my only lore skill. Well, what, what plus is it? It's plus twelve. That's better than mine. That's still something to for the gain contact. Like you guys, Jeez. you guys, you guys. I know. You, I need. I can tell you. I, I, yeah, go, yeah, maybe gain yeah, contact. But, yeah. Well, the, the contacts are good. Like if you yeah. like you success, you get an edge point. That's great. Uh, and so you can go to the bar where the guards that work there drink after hours and buddy up with them and try what, to make friends. What with about them. thievery? I mean, there's there's manipulate picking locks. Uh, Disabling devices and I stealing and palming. I have plus twenty in that. that There's no thievery. Right. Right. It, it, it looks like it looks like that is going to be key for the actual obstacles. Yeah. Like, like getting into the vault. That's you. Yeah. yeah. I feel like when we're actually doing it, you're right? Gonna the, right. You're gonna be the star. Right. This is all building with the pluses too, you know. to make that great. Yeah. I know. What you about, have what every, about you, per- th- you have everything Dougie has. We know. And, and what about uh, perception? The way around, how are you guys? Actually. How are you guys on perception? Uh, oh, not great. Master, I'm, I'm, uh, let's see, where's perception? Rogues are the best. Dougie's like blows everyone away. I'm, yeah, I'm well, expert, where is that at? It's not it's even on the right side. It's, it's on the right side. It's like on the, it's in a weird location. I'm, as an investigator, I'm also pretty good, plus 17. I'm plus 17. Yeah, I'm only plus 12. Like that for scouting the location. Uh, Dougie's plus 19. Plus 19 is hot. So, like, so like you are scouting the location. Like, you're absolutely scouting the location. Okay. Scout, scout oh, it. there it is. Tactical. Why did they put it over there? All right. Uh, yeah, I'm tactical at... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a plus 19 is pretty cool. So, one thing I want to just be very clear, Seth. These are called downtime activities. Downtime activities take a full day. So, you right. will not be able to do gossip and gain contact and bribe contact i agree i got in one day so everyone has to break these right. up it's okay. a little bit like remember when we had to rebuild the, the keep mm-hmm. yeah where they had to play that mini game mm-hmm. it's a it's a little bit like that like we, we have to we have to, yeah. we, have to we have to match our, our biggest bonus to to the right thing with limited moves yeah okay so scouting location can we lock that down for dougie yes at least yes. on day one Right. Actually, that's gonna this. that's gonna lock down me too. That's the only thing I can do. Literally, yeah. That's so you, you, you two scout and uh, wait. What's your uh, uh, what's your lore? Warfare lore. Which is at what? Eleven. Eleven is garbage. Uh, my and, perception seventeen and my stealth is yeah, at perception. Food. There you go. And what's your and what's your stealth? Uh, let me check. Hold on. The captain comes uh, over, hearing s- he- hearing you all discussing this. Sixteen. <laughs> discussing what crimes we're we'll committing. <laughs> she she says, "Well, uh, I, I've been overhearing you a little bit, uh, and although I myself, as well as many of the other senior officers, are way, way too well known to step foot inside of uh, that establishment, if I were you, in addition to some of the basics, I might want to look into. I don't know." Perhaps acquire a job in like at the kitchen. 
usually a place like that, the kitchen has a lot of uh... sharky. <laughs> they usually have a, a, yeah, a lot of turnover in the kitchen. So, you know, usually they always need new servers, cooks, bussers, things like that. So Dishwashers. that might be a, a good way to get it. <laughs> He's got eight charisma. That would be a good job for him. The, the other Dishwasher. thing you might want to look into is, you know, if you want to scout the area, if you want to uh, pretend you're a high roller, and store something in the vault. You can get it at lockbox inside. Oh, the vault. right, right, right. So, so go ahead. Right, yeah, right, right. You can, right, you can uh, pretend you're a high roller. Now, you can need a really, really good disguise for that. I would actually suggest you go uh, talk to Sergeant Ola, believe it or not, because the the wardrobe at uh, Edge Watch is top notch. <laughs> but you're gonna need something worth pff, at least five. 600 gold pieces at the bare minimum because they won't even look at you unless you come in with that much i i i want to do that and i have one that i would find delightful to use i would i would have an angle that i would find delightful to use i want to do a callback i want to go way back to like one of their first adventures and i want to uh talk to you remember those two goblins that were running the food stalls uh-huh. yes. remember them yep. Yeah. All right. They're still so, there. So, so <laughs> I want my cover story to be that uh, I'm their business partner in because uh, uh, we're going to open up a franchise chain. We're going to make them like McDonald's, and they have their secret recipes that they need to keep the secret recipes safe and secure, so their competitors don't find out the secrets to their delicious foods. And uh, that is the thing that I want to keep in the lockbox. The Colonel's go, secret and, recipe. Exactly. Go and herbs and, go, and spices. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a wealthy goblin entrepreneur, restaurateur, with the uh, with, with the secrets to their goblin delicacies that we need to that we need to keep safe until the details of the uh, of the restaurant chain we plan to open are, are finalized. I like that. What do you think of that? We got a callback to the original adventure. We got comedy because because it's goblin recipes that that of course they're worth nothing. Of course they should be worth a lot. <laughs> at least five hundred. At least five hundred gold. Yes, yes. So um, yeah. So she 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 says uh, that, that's just off the top of my head, but you know, think outside the box. Those are probably two excellent ways to get your way in. But the first thing I would make sure you do, and can't be in disguise, is because he hates. He hates cops, all cops. And unfortunately, one of the downsides of you always being in the paper is he probably knows what you look like. So you better get some excellent disguises. <laughs> very hard to disguise me. I mean, geez. I'm very I'm very unique. <laughs> As I said, excellent disguises. Maybe you can go on all fours and pretend you're a centaur or something. Oh, that's rather insulting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can even have uh, Gomez ride you. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm deeply triggered and offended. That's actually really funny because because it's like the, like the, like the downtime mechanic. Let me just read this to you. Let's get meta because that perfectly matches the joke that you're making. He could be the front uh, and the back end of the yeah of yeah. The look at so so you seek I to know. Procure, right. You seek to procure or create disguises. <laughs> attempt a normal, hard, or very hard crafting deception. Yada yada check. If you succeed, you procure disguises and you get and you get an EP. But if you fail, your efforts result in an unusable disguise. And it's like it's like so you make the roll, you fail, and that's the disguise you come up with is is the is the horse disguise. <laughs> I like that disguise. 
Centaur. I am a brave centaur from the woods. <laughs> Let me play black Blackjack. The centaurs are from the island of Cortos, where Absalon is, you know, centered. So this is where the centaurs come from. I'm an extremely wealthy centaur. Yes. I want to gamble. <laughs> exactly. I am an extremely wealthy centaur. Please let me gamble. So wait, what is this thing about 600 gold? What? The the, the disguise has to be 600 gold? No, that, that was the uh, that was the object that we would want to, oh, put, in to this, put into the thing. Yes. Yeah, into the safety box because no, anything... your your centaur disguise will cause six hundred gold pieces. Actually, isn't there a magical answer to all this? There's got to be some kind of magical answer. You know, magic often has answers. Captain looks at you. You would think that, except the amount of anti magic and detection devices in the casino is extreme it's really it's actually really funny like like i for that this entire campaign i would see i would literally see through that disguise because i would read the aura oh that's yeah. funny yeah <laughs> like a glamour exactly. a glamour or an that is why <laughs> you need to go old school and do the practical yeah, we effects. have to we have to we have to go analog we can't go digital we have to go analog yeah. <laughs> and we got to go off the grid I think that if I, even if I wear a big wig and a fake mustache, it's going to be tough to hide my looks. These hooves. I think I just need to get a job in the kitchen as a dishwasher or a busboy. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the disguise idea because that is something that you can just... You can get caught on that. That's like stealthing. There's no middle ground. Like there, there, there's. It's well. It's that like that a, is actually that's the thing about this being a mechanic, a system, is this is avoiding that one role is win or lose. Yeah, it, it takes that out. You like know, you so, make the so, right, and you, right. And it so, so this thing it. about this thing about securing the sizes, the the only uh, the, that's for a plus one. Like that's the only stakes on the table for this. Like you know, like if we if we succeed in getting a disguise, that's plus one that we can use. If we fail, then we just didn't get the plus one in this oh. preparatory phase. Captain Captain looks over and says, "Well, yeah, I believe undercover disguises are all but mandatory for this heist. I mean, infiltration. However, I would think that even the disguises you wore when you went to the House of Planes." or something similar, would be okay for just doing basic reconnaissance. But if you're going to try to impersonate someone of importance for going to the gala, and you want to pretend you're fitting in with the hoity-toity, you're going to need something of the absolute best materials, and you need to have a reliable cover identity and alibi and believable background story as well. Oh. That sounds expensive. Jason, J Jason, isn't your guy actually literally upper class? He's supposed to be, yes. I took the political scion background, which makes him like the son of a famous family. So can't you use that angle to just be, uh, be. a patron? Like, you, like well, just, that would just be, that would be, be my question. Is, is, has my name been in the papers? As can your uncle top? get you in there? Or, or, can, or can, you, can your disguise be you're impersonating somebody else of your family? <laughs> your brother. Right, exactly. Or a cousin or something. Exactly. Thaddeus Blackfeather. <laughs> I'll put on the goatee. <laughs> the evil Spock. I'll do the evil Spock goatee. Like, like that, that, that makes us, like, we have the makings there of being a group that could actually, uh, 
legitimately like like believe plausibly talk our way out of many situations like if if i if i succeeded in be, being if my disguise is i'm i'm a rich investor trying to uh, secure trade secrets your disguise jason is you are a noble patron you know, like you're just a rich person and then uh and then lord fop fop right oh we and, could and be then, ufologists and, and, and then you guys no no you two guys are our bodyguards you oh. two guys disguise yourselves as our yeah. bodyguards and then if we're caught in a hallway i'm checking up on my recipes i want to I, I got lost and i want to go find my my lockbox you know and, and we could talk our way out of that like yeah. you know like like that might be that together might might be our secure disguises that would be that sounds cheaper than spending 600 gold pieces that's for sure or that might cost 600 gold pieces because we got to be dressed well oh please two gold pieces we dress well that, that yeah. that's that's you want actual threads made of that, platinum that's, that's that's not true at all yeah or whatever <laughs> it is we, fi- we figure that out like whatever that is whatever the actual literal answer of that is so yeah I'm, i mean i'm i'm we have to we have a limited number of days right right so it's three days, and we got to pick as many of these things as we can. Three exactly. days. The only exactly. thing we have I to break can it do, up, like, like I secure the sizes, you scout the location, somebody right. else gossip, like that. The only thing I can do is scout location. That's the only thing I can do. I, I, I agree. Can't, yeah. I, can't, I, can't yeah. do, I literally can't do anything else. I'm at negative. You, you, can, my, you, can, my... you can scout location, and you can gain contact. Uh, hold on. Let me look at that. That's your military one. That's a plus 11. Right. Oh, does that even count, though? Yeah. Uh, here, let me read it to you. Uh, you try to make a contact with an individual that uh, who who can aid you in the infiltration. Attempt a normal hard or very hard DC in diplomacy or society, or a check using a lore skill appropriate to your perspective contact. And so, mil- like military stuff, like how how does that not work for the guards? Well, it's warfare, but right, I don't, right, yeah, I right. Guess. You say, yeah, you, like so you go. I don't know. Like I would RP it. You go. You go to the bar where the guards hang out. And you and you t- and you trade war stories with them. You make friends with one of them, and and there you've gained a contact amongst the amongst the security apparatus of the, of the organization. Talk, I could join the guards and become a exactly, guard. exactly. It's like and then if you want to R play it further, you, like say you say you succeed and you get that one EP. When we R play it further, you know when when we're in a hallway and the guard and we get accosted by a guard, guess what? It's that guard you know, and there's our one EP. Yeah. Also, do keep in mind you have to do that in order. You have to do gain contact first, and then bribe contact. You can't, right, right, right. You if have you, to bribe them. Right. Yeah, you have to do it in that order. Uh, so that's a two-day activity. Um, some well, of that's these good, too. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. So, so you gain the contact, and then on day two, you know, you, you, you pass that contact to bribe and try to get more information. If we if we go correct, that route. correct. I'm just letting you know that some of these have to go in order. Um, and then captain comes up to you and says, you know. Getting into the Lucky Nimbus and just scouting all the public areas, that, that should be no problem whatsoever. It's a casino after all. However, I do warn you, it's probably going to take you all day because the casino is massive in size. Absolutely gargantuan. It takes up an entire city block. It's open 24 hours a day and it's four stories high. And that and that's basically that like that's basically folding into each one of these things takes one man day to attempt. Correct. Can four people do scout location. Right, but that'll be four that'll be four of our uses. Actually she was like, Yeah, you can, but probably a better uh, 
attack is to scout the entire casino and then figure out if there's specific areas you might want to try to go into. For example, I know for a fact that some of the time I've spent there, they have places like, you know, the bar area or the kitchen. I know there's a security office and, of course, there's the backstage for the entertainment area. There's counting rooms, security offices, cashiers. There's the vault itself. And, of course, don't forget about all the private rooms and the VIP lounge. And, of course, Gage himself lives there and has a private penthouse there. So, yeah, it's an enormous palace. So, how does this sound? How does this sound? Uh, bribe contact we ha- is a second order operation anyway, so forget that for now. I think gossip is something we want to do early. <laughs> I agree. So, and we can, and we have a narrative justification for pretty much all of these. It could break down like this. And this is just an example. Forge documents. We're going to need uh, uh, some papers. Like if like if we're going for this uh, goblin recipe things, we should we should have those prepared in case we get challenged on that. We can present them. Uh, forge documents are always good. Uh, so uh, Jason's guy, because you're you're best of society forges those documents and uh, uh, and identification so we can prove who we are to support the disguise that we're going to end up having. What one of you guys, like maybe Chris's guy, goes and uh, tries to gain a contact within the guard. That's gain contact. And then, we, and then we have two people for three left. Like, And then I uh, try to secure disguises. Like I try to, to secure guard disguises for you guys and get ritzy clothing uh, for myself. And uh, uh, maybe Jason, if he needs it, and I, I try to do the, the secure disguise, and then uh, somebody either just flat out scouts the location, uh, just using you know like just using general stuff, or do that, or what I like for the RP is do that thing where somebody gets a job as a as a busboy in the kitchen and listen to the kitchen gossip and and use that for the gossip. Yeah, I like it in theory. I mean, I, That's I diplomacy. Gossip that is, is that is that is diplomacy. That's though. not going to be. You, yeah, it's, right. it's going to be you. Um, what so, is so this maybe, maybe do that on day two or very three. hard check uh, in this system? You don't need uh, to worry about that too much. Okay. All right. Uh, that's, I'm fine that, with that answer. Yeah, that's, that's a meta- Yeah, you don't have to worry okay. about that. All right. Um, getting a job in the kitchen, you can guess, was probably going to be diplomacy, society, or cooking. If anyone has. Oh, so so how about this? So how so how about this then? Uh, Jason Forge documents. Uh, Chris uh, gain a contact. Skip gossip. Uh, Dougie, John uh, scout the location, and I secure dis- disguises. And that's day one. And then we see how we, and then we see how that goes, and then we decide what we're going to do on day two. Who's scouting location? John. Uh, yeah. Okay. You don't want to do gossip first. I mean, it seems like I, because gossip is diplomacy and. Uh, uh, like you know, I don't know because because I actually have good. Let's see, actually, what what are my skills? The thing about gossip is it seem if I'm reading it correctly, it gives you a plus two to everything else. Yeah, you want to do that first. Oh, I didn't read that. That is important. It's a hard, yeah, normal hard or very. Oh, hard. Full, well, screw it. Then then I do that. I I security I go in as a goblin busboy. I go yeah. in absolutely. I go in as a goblin busboy, and I and I keep my ears open, and I listen to all the gossip of, of all the of, of all the kitchen staff. Now that doesn't give us any EP though. That's the thing. But but that helps everything else going forward. Yeah, yeah, it'll help for. Is that answer. us for as a group or just the person who does gossip? 
It's got to be for the well, group. It, it, it looks like it. it looks if like the information that I gave will be generalizable. It won't be just. Yeah, if you share this information, those you share it with also gain this bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's do it that way. All right. Okay. So, there it is. All right. So Jason forged documents. Uh, Chris gain a contact. I uh, uh, be a gossip. busboy and, and gossip in the, gossip in the kitchen. And uh, uh, Dougie scouts and Dougie does yep. just a general scouting of the location, and that's day one. Yep. Your stealth is probably very high, right? No, it's actually not. Really, it's but your, just per- but your perception is high. Yeah, perception is high. Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could use deception instead of self. You, uh, perception. The captain comes over and so so you got you got a plan here. Let's. let's I think we have a plan. With. I think we're ready. Uh, Thank you very much. We're going. Okay. Yeah. I heard something about forging. What, what what documents are you forging specifically? Because don't forget, you need to steal his key. So how? Uh, Casino how marker, so you? he can just gamble for free. <laughs> well, that that's something worth okay. That's something worth discussing because I was thinking forgery would help support our disguise later. So it'd be perhaps yes, maybe uh, if you want to forge invitations or false identities for everyone to get into the right. party because right. you won't be able to get into the gala. And the casino ah, on that day we need without that. an actual invitation to need the, the event, or if you work there. So there you go. So how about we forge the we forge we forge, they, there you go. You've answered our question for us. We're forging that. Yes, okay. that's something I probably left out is the <laughs> you need to actually get into the gala, which is why it's going to be so good for you to get in there. Also, want to note that there's no way you're going to be able to actually access the lockbox with gauge because he's going to be way too busy with the gala so you're going to have to figure out a way to get the key and sneak in there with his key and your key you're not going to be able to do something with him that specific day right it's looking like gossip is going to be actually quite important like like i i gotta hope for the gossip tells me where he keeps I get, the key. i got a meta question here uh gossip is there a such thing does circumstance bonuses stack what do you mean? Oh, the the edge bonuses all add up. Like, yeah, like the, like they're a resource. So so we we want as many edge points as we can get. Right, but the plus two circumstance bonus to future checks you attempt in preparation. I I don't want to. I want to put off. Nothing stacks. Oh, okay. All right. Um, oh, it, but I, but the, that's not actually. But the I want to thing. Do the that before we do anything that costs us money for any of these like if it costs us money to forge documents i want that plus two circumstance stance bonus before we we do the forge documents does that make sense oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the only the only tweak on that and i don't know i, I don't know what the what the opt- optimization is but uh it's a time constraint like we only have a certain number of moves over a certain amount of time yeah forge documents will not cost money okay Okay. And there it is. Okay. If it, anything costs money, I will tell you. Okay. The only thing that will probably cost money off the top of my head is bribing people <laughs> and gambling and probably trying to store something in the vault because there's fees associated the with it. The gambling, that. you can make money, though. Yeah, that's true. You can, and there are games. Famous last words. There's actual real games. Well, that what, what, does that, what does that fall under? Does that, does that fall under game contact? Like, what is gambling under? Oh, gambling? Uh, that is something you would necessarily do, perhaps even during scouting. 
if you want to like learn the lay of the land, it's yeah. no better way to do it than actually play a few games and no. like, talk to people. That's also how you can gain contacts. You know, you can do general scouting. Put it this way: if you said, "Okay, I want to gain a contact," you will get the open floor plan for the casino, but that's only one of like. 25 rooms in a four-story casino so yeah you get that one but dougie hopefully if he does scouting will get more advanced scouting so he knows where everything is yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but anyone can go in and just gamble and then you could use that gambling slash gossip that can be the same thing yeah i'm gonna go for a deep invasive scout <laughs> jason what's your diplomacy basil is very diplomatic. basil what's your diplomacy i am plus 13 I'm oh, okay, but not great. All right, yeah, I'm plus twenty. Because the thing, because the thing, I'm realizing also, you are absolutely right. Gossip is the thing we want to do first, and maybe even almost we want to maximize that because every success is gain inside information about the place, and uh, we need a lot of that inside information to direct our next actions. You're absolutely right. Like it, you know, like like the like the inside information would be the, each piece of inside information a breadcrumb. It's a breadcrumb leading. Yes. leading into something else. But at the same time, though, we still need enough time to do other stuff. Right, you're right, you're right. I don't know, so what do, so what do you think? You wanna, what do you want to do? We should each do one of the, like you said, we should each do one of the... Yeah, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. I want to do the first rolls. Okay, good. All right, yeah, so wait, so so what do we had? We had Jason, Forge... I'll do our invitations to the gala or whatever. Right. Lomang, uh, try to gain a contact. Right. Uh, I try to get gossip... And Dougie scout the location. I, I will go see my dad and see if he received an invitation to the gala and see if I can get a look at what it looks like. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Oh my god, that's so brilliant. I'm giving you a hero point for that, Jason. That's yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> you get two hero points for this. Nice. Because he's, he's a member and shaker. He might have been invited to this thing. So the captain hears this and says, that sounds like an excellent plan for the first day. You need to just gather as much information as possible. And the only thing we do know is that you will need invitation to the event. So I suggest that you go move along, try to gather as much information, gossip, and, well, yes. And I'm going <laughs> to try and gain my contact by getting a job in the kitchen. That's a good idea. Okay. I can, I can lift heavy things. What's the skill you're using to gain the contact? It's just more fair lore. Actually, yeah, that's true. It's not going to really work for that. It's going to have right. to be uh, doing right. the guards. Yeah, maybe get a job as a guard, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that. All right. I'm on the night shift or whatever. Right. I like it. Reading these rules. There's other layers. It, it is actually really cool. Like edge points are not just a plus one at all. Like they're um, more more like uh, a wild card or like a get out of jail free card potentially. When a PC fails or critically fails a check to overcome an obstacle or a complication, they can spend an edge point to succeed instead. Oh. So it's kind of like it's like it's like an automatic hero point. But some edge points can only be spent during particular circumstances. So and that's like and that's the RPness of it. So like if we get an edge point because of the forgery, we can't Sorry, use he that. He said RPness. <laughs> <laughs> like we can't use that to like unlock a door. For example, we failed that check. Um, and there's a, but there's another thing, which is some of these uh, edge points could be lies. Like if we secretly failed on one of the preparations, the edge point, the, like Steve might say, oh, you got an edge point for that. You well, yeah, like forged documents, I get right. an AP, but it's actually exactly the, exactly the opposite. 
right. as a failure, but a PC who tries to use the edge point gets a critical failure, even if they use the edge point after rolling a failure. <laughs> so it's like like we would use it. Oh my God. So it's like, uh, we think we have an EP, but when we use it, it either doesn't work if it's just a failure or if it's a critical failure, it makes it worse. Yeah. The cool thing about forged documents is completely secret. So you have no yeah. idea. You just do it. And it's like, okay, you hope Your papers work. are not in order. <laughs> and then yeah. you, get a, you get an edge point no matter what. <laughs> Which is the funny thing. It's like, okay, you get an edge point, Jason. And then it you're may all be like, a, it may be a forged edge point. Exactly. <laughs> and then, in fact, it can even be a critically fail edge right. point. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's the same thing for scout location. If Dougie critically fails scouting the location, you misjudge some aspect of what you observe, getting one edge point that results in a critical failure instead of a success when you use, even if the PC uses the edge point after rolling. Does that mean we don't see the rolls when they happen? Right. Okay. They're all secret except yep. for secure this disguises. And, 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 right, right. and it's like it's like edge points are and getting uh, contact. Like edge points when they're true, when they're real, they're like hero points, but you automatically succeed. But sometimes they're fake and you think you have a hero point, but but instead you actually have a critical failure point. A go a goat point. I'm I'm worried about my gaining contact skill being so low. Don't worry about it. It's not that low. What's your your loss your lower skill is what? Seventeen or twelve. Plus twelve? Yeah. That's, that's pretty that's low, but so seven what? points difference there, but you're also very lucky on your rolling. Oh no, plus eleven, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky on my roll. Yeah. Just don't critically fail. Just don't critically fail. Are we ready? Yes. Yes. Who wants to go first? Me. Oh. Okay, low man. Let's bring you guys all to the lucky Nimbus. Unless the gossip can be used in the same day, or is that not good? No, oh, okay. You guys no. are all doing it simultaneously, so it's not. Well, technically, I'm not going to the lucky Nimbus. I'll bring you there anyhow, in spirit. I'm forging documents. I'm, I'm busy. I would love a fake ID, please. I know where they're there. You're there to uh, try to get a look at something that's used as a model. Like you want to get just like just a look at the right handwriting or a look at the look the at the filigree style. on the paper. Yeah, the style. Or you steal, see, check out their stationery or steal. Check it. The exactly, exactly. So try to get an idea of what it looks like. Okay, here we go. You head on over to the Lucky Nimbus. To call the Lucky Nimbus large would be an understatement. The casino spans an entire city block and has four floors. Just by Looking at it, and from what you've heard, the main level has a dance hall, kitchen, bar, cashier, and most of the game tables, with opulent furnished upper floors featuring swanky private rooms. And of course, Gage's famous penthouse, where he lives and also can gauge behind floor-to-ceiling two-way mirrors and see everything that's going on at all times. Of course, there's amazing security as well the casino itself from the entranceway you can see is themed around popular cultural myths of clouds gin and other aspects of genie culture and the elemental plane of air in fact many decorations borrow heavily from the capeche culture in particular as you approach the main entranceway you see the infamous or famous Lucky Nimbus Fountain. Nice, like the Bellagio? 
The casino's main entranceway is an opulent double door accessible via two staircases. The staircases flank a massive gilded statue of a jinn sitting merrily on a lotus pose on top of a fluffy cloud. There's no placard or sign to label the establishment. The decorative stone pillars on either side of the doorway are carved to resemble cascading golden coins tumbling from unseen hands. To the east, a smooth stone ramps allows an alternative method of ingress for those ah. who can't use the stairs. So there you go. You're at the entranceway to the left. Well, in my horse centaur costume, I'm going to use the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do that yet. <laughs> Your basic costumes, basic, basic uh, disguises. On. The ramp is good for me. I like the ramp. So who's going into the Lucky Nimbus? I think everyone, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dougie is, I know. I'm looking for work. Yeah, I'm going to his service entrance. Dougie is just going to be milling about uh, looking for a penny, penny, uh, a split up. penny arcade. What is it? Uh, penny slots. Penny slots, yeah. Something cheap. You have, like, a lot of money. Uh, no, he actually doesn't. The largest area of the casino is the massive games floor where patrons can play a variety of games of chance for different buy-ins. The floor is covered with a fine red carpet trimmed with gold, and the gilded fixtures along the walls sparkle luxuriously. The center of the vast hall features an impressively large fountain display that features a Jin statue, decidedly less jovial than the one out front, sitting atop of a bloom of conjured silver clouds that sprinkle rain down into the surrounding basin. At this time of day, the floor is bustling with dozens of patrons having a good time and a few depressing souls over at the bar area. Regardlessly, the gaudy fountain is always illuminated with glorious amber lights. In addition to some of the small stand-up tables with stools for familiar games like blackjack and poker, the casino floor sports a number of sit-down tables specifically designed for games of Golem and Bounder. Each table has a dedicated dealer. In the southeast corner of the casino floor, a caller is constantly running games of sentry and calling drawn numbers from behind a broad table. Of course, you see bouncers patrolling the casino floor at all times. They're massive and look like they mean business. Okay. You can see the uh, casino is quite large, to say the least. Yeah, uh, look at that. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I want to go first. Okay. I'm going to get my, my stuff out of the way. Uh, I want to utilize and get this angle. My Diplomat's Badge, my magical item that gives me bonus on diplomacy checks. For how long? Uh, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm activating it using Recall Knowledge off of Society to recall knowledge about uh, uh, about this, or like this organization and how their kitchens work and stuff like that. Uh, and my angle is uh, my magical badge for this use is the equivalent of a one-star Michelin rating. It is a Michelin badge. And I am a Michelin-rated busboy, and that is what I'll use to uh, try to try to uh, get in there and get the uh, and get get a position and get get to where I can get the good gossip. 
Okay. Well, the diplomacy's badge. Sorry, the diplomat's badge automatically. You already get a plus one. Yeah. You, you, you don't I, activate I, it or anything. No, no, but I do activate it. And if I that make it. That will only work on a recall knowledge. Right. Well, I attempt recall knowledge in order to do it. If I succeed, the badge bonus increases to plus two for diplomacy checks with creatures or groups for the rest of the day. So if I succeed in a, in a DC 20 recall knowledge test, it's plus two instead of plus one. That's all. So you're trying to recall knowledge on what exactly? The history of the casino. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the casino and its kitchens and how its kitchens work. It has to be on human ethnicity or non-human ancestry or some type of creature. It has to be an actual creature. It can't be an item. Oh, I, I'm not using it to recall. I'm using it just to activate the plus two on the badge. That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to, like, it's a flat. No, that's 20. not true. If you succeed, the badge bonus increases to plus two for diplomacy checks with creatures of that group. For the rest of the day. All right. So whatever the group is that the kitchen staff, whatever that group is. Okay. So this is how it works. You you look at the kitchen staff. Everyone is represented there. Humans, dwarves, goblins, things you've never even seen before. But there's one of them that's a boss, and there's one of them that's going to hire me. That one. But there might be a mimic in there. That's a good idea. Let me see. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to the kitchen. You're going to try to pick out the chef. Because that's the boss. The chef is the boss. The chef de cuisine. And and then you want to try to recall knowledge on whatever ethnicity the chef is. So you can get a plus two when you try to convince them to hire you for the Instead of a plus one. Right. I'm doing all of this to get an additional one plus one. Yes, that's right. You got it. So you look around and you like pop your head into the kitchen. Let's see what the kitchen is like. Shall we? Atmosphere within the incredibly spacious Lucky Nimbus kitchen is nearly always suffused with frantic and angry energy. Narrow windows lie the top of the eastern wall and vent to the alleyway. A ample counter space along the walls along with wide countertop islands is almost always covered with an assortment of cutting boards, knives, pots, pans, and other cooking utensils. In the far west corner of the kitchen is the larder, accessible via a curtain and a steep stepladder. And I will bring you over to the kitchen. And that is... Where is... This is a huge map. Where the hell is Well, actually, kitchen? wait. Hold on. Before we get into some mechanical difficulty here... The only thing that I'm trying to do is gossip and look for rumors. I'm not at this point. Oh, then that's different. To... And then okay, all right, good. I'm, gl- I'm glad we clarified that <laughs> because, because the thing that I'm doing here is the preparatory action gossip. That is what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to, and that is a diplomacy check, and I'm trying to use my badge to give me a plus two to my, to my base stat for this gossip check. That is what I'm trying to do. Like it, it might, it might not be about like a, like just this flavor, an RP flavor. I was imagining getting a job there and doing it that way. But if but if you don't want to go in that direction, if no, that's, gonna, that's an actual downtime activity. Let's not getting let, a job. Let's, 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 the, the, I thought that's that, what that, you're doing. <laughs> the thing that I'm doing is the gossip downtime activity, not the infiltration downtime activity. The thing I'm doing is the gossip downtime. Like like if if, no, if, that's, if that's if that's more comfortably handled in the RP by me just talking to the kitchen staff and doing it that way, that's what I do. And if you and if you want me to like, I'll find I'll find a likely in the know member of the kitchen staff and uh, use my badge based on their ethnicity to try to get the additional plus two that way. And it's like, and maybe my angle to talking to him would be, I'm interested in getting a job there. And I, and I start small talk that way. Maybe, maybe like that. Okay. So you, uh, you try to 
strike up a conversation with some of the kitchen staff. Uh, they are way, way too busy to talk to. And more importantly, they almost seem annoyed that you're trying to talk to them while they're doing their job. In fact, you look like you're about to get thrown out. And right when you realize that, okay, this is a bad, bad angle, you are directed to uh, the back alley where uh, the kitchen staff, you know, relax and sort of gamble on the side when they're not waiting tables. And that's probably where you should go, not the kitchen. That's that's the wrong place to go. All right, so that's where I went. I went there. I went. I went to. I I I wouldn't. I'm not an idiot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say excuse me because you have time to talk while somebody's in the middle of their work. I <laughs> would be. Go, I would be talking only. to people on their break. <laughs> You can go in and say that you're a Cisco salesman and sell them food. I know, yeah. You know, while they're while, like, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, order up. I would do that. I know, Order up on order twelve. It's like, what the fuck do you want? Get out of my face. Order up. <laughs> wait, I'm chopping onions here. It's like, wait, I got a ring. I got a ring. You you won't cry with that ring. I know. Maybe I, you're I, maybe I, you're ordering drinks and you're trying no, to like no, talk no, up no. the waitresses. No, no, no. I'm trying. I'm trying to do like. You know what they did. I'm in, trying um, to hear. Swingers. I'm trying to hear scullery gossip. Hey, like, you can be sw- you can people, do swingers people, and try to hook up with some of the waitresses. Probably people gossip on their break. I'm talking to them on their break, of course. Uh, well, good news. You find the back alley, and the person who's running the game is a local peasant child. So you can uh, join in on some of the games for a copper if you want. Sure. Okay. There you go. Mark it on your character sheet. You should lose, it, <laughs> lo- lose intentionally to them. Okay, human child. So, of course, you know quite a bit about human child. Do you wish to now officially learn the gossip after playing some games of dice? Human child is a goblet delicacy. Of course, you know. I, that. I know. I know. It's like veal. <laughs> it's like veal. The secret diplomacy check. All right. That ain't good. Let's see what we got here. That ain't good. (laughs) Hear a point. (laughs) A blind hero. You can hear a point secret check. I think you can. Really? That's weird. That makes no sense, but I would go for it. Jason, can you hear a point secret check? I think you can. I don't know. Let me see if I can. Why would you ever do that? (laughs) How would you know to do that? It, the DM has a terrible, terrible tell. Uh, <laughs> like that, yeah, that's like doubling down on a 14. Like, whenever I've done that in a casino, they always call over the pit boss. They're like, double on 12. Like, this, like one doesn't, this one doesn't actually, the, like the, the results of this one doesn't really, doesn't, it doesn't really look very secret. Like, like failure is you learn nothing. And critical failure is you hear a few mistaken rumors and take a minus two uh, circumstance penalty to your next check as a preparatory thing. And I, I you guess. get awareness points because then they start right, putting your right. name out and they put All your right. face out and no one wants to talk to you anymore. So I guess, I guess that could be secret. You just make up a false rumor. Hero point just says a check. It doesn't necessarily say... Okay, Mr. Gomez, would you like to re-roll the secret check that I just did? <laughs> so dumb. Believe oh, in yourself. Oh, I'm letting. I'm, hey, man. I'm just like, I should have. Pl- I should have plus twenty two. It should mean something. So I'm not gonna reroll. Just do it. Just whatever. Even if, oh, even if I got a two, is like unless a you roll a two. You should take one. ten. You should take a ten on it. Well, if you roll twice, it's basically like a plus five. I'm just telling you. You should That's take assurance on that. Yeah, you could if you had it. It's pretty good. 
Okay. Not as good as people think, though. Because, you know, you don't you don't get the bonuses. You just get 10 You get plus. a base, but you also don't get the negatives either. That's true. Okay. So, um, you talk a little bit about, you know, the history of the casino. And, and you talk a lot about the Lucky Nimbus and its mysterious owner, which a lot of people know about Gage, his personality and personal history. So you find out that uh, Gage Carlisle... He's uh, handsome, charming, pompous, and uh, also uh, quite sure of himself. In fact, all four descriptions are fit descriptors of the man who owns the Lucky Nimbus. The casino in the coins, where you are right now. You find out that he was born of a lower middle class family of Absalonian cobbers. And Gage amassed his current fortune from a freak gambling windfall in his youth and then through very shrewd business investments and more than a few underhanded dealings his big win grew into a veritable empire you also find out that he uh, changed his name from Carverock to the more genteel signing carlisle to integrate himself with the upper class and you're finding a lot all this gossip from everyone because this isn't exactly common knowledge to know this you also find that, you know, he tried to integrate himself with the upper class, but uh, it was really hard. He couldn't actually get in because they were closing themselves off to him. So instead, what he decided to do is, well, gain friendship through owning a casino. Because there's no better way than getting into the upper class and the most powerful pockets is to own an establishment like a casino. Gage is now uh, in his early 50s, and he's got an unbelievable thirst for social power. And although in his youth it was rumored that he used to make deals with suspected criminals, he doesn't do that anymore. In fact, he's so powerful and knows so many people in high places, he doesn't need to. He just uses all of his connections with the right nobles or merchants or people in the upper, true upper class to find or get whatever he wants. He actually has a wife, although he rarely sees her from what has been rumored. And they have no children as of yet, as his main passion is his casino. His wife's name is Isabella Carlisle. You also find out that Gage follows a fairly predictable routine most days. On the casino floor, you find out that he hobnobs with the high rollers and occasionally requests a status report from his senior guards. As Gage also lives in the building, he usually has all of his meals delivered to his room, and he usually retires for the night at around 2 a.m., comes back downstairs around noon or so. He never, ever leaves the casino. And if he does, it's only to local establishments nearby for important dinners or business meetings. Oh yeah, he's also always accompanied by several very large, very strong, very deadly bodyguards. Okay, a few other fun things that you can find out. You find out something that might be of use to you. Would you like to know what that is? Oh, very much. 
after losing, you know, graciously to sort of integrate yourselves with, uh, with the gang and the Utes, you find out that there's a cleaning staff that comes into the casino once a week. And this is a local group of cleaners that go through the casino with brooms, mops, fabric cleaners, metal polish. And of course, the next cleaning is scheduled for the night before the floating gala. And you find out that the cleaners are allowed access to every part of the casino, including Gage's private apartments, but not the vault. The group is always accompanied by bouncers on duty. The cleaners scrub out the washrooms by themselves, however, with the bouncers waiting just outside. And you do find out when they go to the top floor, Gage unlocks his apartment door and walks them into his apartment with the bouncers. The cleaners only take a few minutes to clean his apartment. And Gage likes to keep his place extremely tidy and neat so they don't have much work to do. He also carefully watches them while they're in his apartment and then they promptly leave that is what you find out in terms of gossip and not where he keeps his key oh his key that's easy it's on him at all times all right everyone knows that does he keep in a pocket tied around his neck oh it's uh it's usually secured very securely on a chain attached to his waist Slide of hand. Right. Okay, cool. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Who's next? <laughs> uh, go, Jason. I don't... I, I'm... All right, I guess I will make some documents. Sure enough, you go uh, see your dad. Are you really going to go visit your dad? Yeah, what the hell? Your dad's surprised to see you. He's like, Basil, how's law school treating you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I mean... Uh... You know, grades are doing okay, I suppose. I always could be better, but, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the latest transcript to see what I'm paying for. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering Forward the transcript. Quickly, <laughs> <laughs> forward the transcript. Yeah, I guess I know what documents I'm making. Um, <laughs> but, so when I was going to ask you something, the gala at the casino, um, are you by any chance going to that? No, 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 we're not going to that thing. Uh, too much hoity-toity, you know, stuff going on there. Big crowd, you know your mom doesn't really like that sort of stuff. But did you get an invitation? Oh, yeah, of course I did, of course I did. Uh, I think they threw it in the garbage somewhere, though. I see, could I take a look at it or even have it then? Uh, sure, you come home and the first thing you do is fish around in the garbage? What, have you been talking well, to your brother? You know, it's, uh, something like that. No, no, it's, uh, it's for a project I'm working on. Project? What are you doing, like paper mache or something? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, all right. It's for a study break. I, I was hoping to actually see if I could go there for that. The... Oh, I'm disappointed in you. That's like something your brother would do. Oh, okay, well. Well, you gotta let your hair down every once in a while, after all. Or your feathers. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to get in, because, you know, it's a, it's addressed to me and your mother, but... No, I know. Maybe I could talk my way in or something. All Try right. out those legal skills. All right, well... I guess that's a good use of your academia. Uh, out, sure. out of character, I now feel like crap that I'm lying to my dad. But... <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here, uh, here you go. Uh, and uh, here, uh, and he gives you a couple of the latest samples. Like, oh, we, uh, we just got a couple of uh, 
new samples of pipe weed from uh, the farm. You should check oh, nice. those out. Yeah, definitely check those out. Always, uh, yeah, we always grow some first-rate stuff. All right. Well, make sure you uh, say hi to your mom, and you're going to, of course, have to stay for dinner. You know that, right? Yeah, I will. I will. All right. All right. Okay. You can... Uh, let's see. So... You're going to forge invitations and false identities for everyone into the party. Is that what you're doing? Yep. And that is a society check. Let's see what he gets. Do you wish to re-roll this? (laughs) This is the best question. Well, is my hero point going to go away? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you lose them after tonight's session, so yeah. It makes no sense to re-roll it at all. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, am I wrong? Does that seem... Uh, it does. It's like it's like you could you could have you could have this role that you don't know what it is for free, or you could pay to have a role that you don't know what it is. Believe in yourself. <laughs> I, will, I will believe in myself and keep the role. Hey, guess what you get? Documents. Oh, you get a documents and an EP. Yay! Of course, we have no idea if the EP is real or not. I was going to remind right. you not to use crayon, which <laughs> luckily you, you knew that already. Okay, so forged documents. They look pretty good. You can't tell. You think you did a good job. I guess we're going to find out. One EP. And let's see, real, fake, or really fake? I guess we'll find out later. What does your mom normally serve for dinner? What's your favorite meal, Basil? Gawk. <laughs> Live gawk. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Are we, are we birds that eat worms, or are we actually like him, like... Humanoid real food. We'll compromise and say salmon. Basil's a salmon guy. Salmon, there you go. Salmon with a little bit of bird seed crust. There you go. Actually, some birds like fish for Oh, a lot of birds like fish. That's very common. Who's next? Uh, I guess I'll go. Let's Mm. see. Okay. Uh, scouting. Scouting um, location. Dougie is going to just, uh, he's going to play the table, see the, uh, and I don't know how, 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 do I describe physically where I'm going? I mean, nope. it doesn't I'm seem like I know where I am. I'm going to show you where you are. I'm going right. to give you a tour of the casino as we scout. So as you can see here, this is the casino floor, and this is where all the tables are. Okay. If you go... Over to the east, this is where we are now, you can see this is the bar where liquor is poured liberally at both the Lucky Nimbus Broad Mahogany Bars. And patrons are free to sit on a bar stool or take their drinks to the casino floor. Tables throughout the bar area seat diners who have ordered meals from the kitchen. And when they have a spare moment, the kitchen staff clears the square tables, empty mugs, and occasionally sweep the casino floor to pick up the stray trash and used drinkware. You look around, and sure enough, there's tons of beverages, from basic to very advanced and expensive uh, wines and spirits. Um, Dougie is going to... Do you want to RP this? I mean, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Or do, are, are you going through the I'm going through areas? it because it's going to take a while. So let's just oh, go through the okay. whole thing. All right. Let's just go through it. Uh, to the northern area, you see a small stage in the ballroom. And it seems to be reserved for big name entertainers, musical groups, and troops that can draw a crowd. And that is here. You're now in the main ballroom. And the main ballroom is... 
quite large. It's an ample dance floor where his patrons can celebrate high-class debauchery. <laughs> and you expect that the floating gala will have a big party here. And, of course, uh, you will see that there's a very large stage as well. And a backstage area where there's a curtain. And you can see that. In addition, there is the privies. <laughs> a very large bathroom. It's actually quite nice. Uh, especially for medieval times. Let's see, what do we have here? The bathrooms. There's identical garden robes, and each garden robe contains six partitioned toilets. And you can see they're actually quite nice. There's actual hand pumps for clean water in the center for you to wash your nice. hands. So that is uh, off the main uh, ballroom area. You can see that back here in the, in the lower right-hand corner of the ballroom probably is a storage area or something where they store materials for the, you know, for the stage. You see stairway going up, and that will go to the VIP lounge. And you actually see two stairways going up, going upstairs to the VIP lounge. So you see where that is. All right. Let's see. Uh, this is actually a very interesting technology. In front of you, you see what's called the flying chair. And this is a flying chair that's situated around the casino. And this allows the head of security who, well, I'm going to show you what he looks like. He's a dwarf with a gigantic, massive warhammer. Oh, dear. But he lost the use of his legs. And, well... There's a lot of rumors how that happened, where there was a war, conflict, a fight with the dragon, something like that. But he is bound to a permanent wheelchair, and they have this cool device called a flying chair. They're situated around the casino that allow people to move around the casino with ease um, if they are disabled. And this is actually specifically designed for the head of security as well. Is that who he is? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Security. All right. And that's uh, this little contraption right in front of you. And you can see this is actually situated kind of throughout. But this is basically, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an elevator. <laughs> so it allows you to like go up and down the various um, floors without having to use the staircase. Right. Let's see back here in the left-hand side is the cashier. There's up to eight cashier that occupied the two booths here where casino patrons can exchange their cash for tokens or vice versa. Changing cash for tokens is free, but changing tokens to cash, there's a 1% fee. So there you go. Uh, let's see. You can see the Luckus Nimbus Casino game tokens are made of light blue cobalt alloy ringed in silver, and they are very well known to be impossible to counterfeit. You can also see there's bouncers in this area at all times. And you can also see that there's another one of these flying chairs uh, right behind the bouncing Do area. they go just up and down or do they go yeah. all around? They go up and down. Uh, I believe... Like the... anywhere in the casino? Could they just fly across this casino? No, it's just called a flying chair. But quite frankly, it's just an intricate system of ropes and pulleys. 
and it moves the entire room up and down. It's an elevator. <laughs> it's okay. just an elevator. But there's okay, one so those it... are normal wheelchairs, but yeah, they're yeah, in yeah, yeah. elevators. They just call them the flying oh, okay. chair right, because, right, no, right. because you know they don't have elevators in this world. Um, back here is the kitchen. You can see a hey, kitchen over here. Um, you can tell by scouting around that, okay, that this area in the right-hand corner, that's the security office. Okay. And you can't enter or anything, but you, you can tell. I mean, you know, okay, that's definitely the security office. Um, to the south over here, more bathrooms. This is a public bathroom. And I would love it if if I rolled my scouting check and you were showing me the wrong layout and Dougie just got everything mixed up and then we, when we played it was a different map. <laughs> it's still That would be could, awesome. It's How still good would that be? That would be really awesome. So you that just had a fake map prepared. Yeah. yeah. It, oh boy, that would be fab fabulous. That would be fabulous. Okay. So you take a look and you like look at the VIP lounge and it looks like at the top of the stairs there's a black velvet curtain that demarcates the VIP lounge. There's a large bouncer that stands in front of the curtains and he's holding a very large clipboard and it looks like that people have to show their ID or some information to be allowed in and have to be on the list. Wow. That's on the list. You cannot go in. I'm afraid this guy has a plus three clipboard. <laughs> so there you go. Those are all the areas that you're able to accessibly get and find. Um, you do know that there's obviously on the second floor, the VIP lounge area. You expect there's also a vault downstairs, but you don't know how to get to it. And there's also uh, the, the penthouse way at the top um, as well. With that, how do you wish to... That is, now, that is the free scouting. So what is the specific scouting you might be trying to do? Like, for example, if you want to try to do something like investigate the kitchen more um, closely... You can try to pretend you're there as a health inspector or something. Um, whatever yeah, you wish to do. The vault is probably the the, the, the place that I want to check out. You can try that. Um, is is that where is that the location where our, our uh, MacGuffin is, or do yes. we not know where the oh, location? You you know for a fact it's down there. Yeah. The okay. So that's and I don't know if you want to get into the details, but he's going to. Uh, get a hard uh, liquor and like spill it on his cufflinks and his his uh, like chest and he's gonna act like that's his cover if he is discovered he's gonna go oh what's going on down here you know and he's gonna act drunk like he wandered down there drunk okay good idea it looks like you're gonna have to go through let's do let's do what you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to go through I'm gonna draw this out because you figured out because this is perception i i mean how would i use perception to you know if i'm not there you know am well, i well you get... figured it out you actually figured out using perception okay. to try to actually scout out the um vault you would have to somehow sneak through the <laughs> the cage go through the first cage get past the bouncer 
get past the second cage, get past another bouncer, get to this door over here, go downstairs, and then get into where the vault is. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, go for my roll on that. It's, uh, I mean, is that a perception roll? It's a stealth roll. Oh. Because you're trying to, like, sneak in. I can't in. stealth. No, I can't stealth. Uh, okay, well, you can, okay, well, you can well, change it. Well, what's perception give me? Like, what can I do with perception? I guess that's the question. With perception, if you're trying to scout the location? Yeah. Well, it depends what you're trying to do. Like, if you're trying to get, in, like, into the VIP lounge, that's actually, like, a society. If you're trying to investigate the kitchen, that could also could be a society. If you're trying to do something, I don't know, like... Perception. Perception-based. Um, you could probably get more details... That might be helpful. Sure. Okay. That that would. So what I see now, I'm getting a deeper dive into it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Scout location. You manage to do exactly what I just said. I kind of gave it to you for free because I thought you were doing that, but I'm going to give it to anyhow. So you scout the location, and I will say you get one EP because you believe you successfully did your job correctly. Yeah. So, sure enough, yes, you find out that getting down to this vault is going to be phenomenally hard because it looks like the only way to get through this vault is to go through the cashier's door, get past guards plus the people working there, then get through another door, and then also get to this door here, which goes down to the vault. However... You do notice, I'm just going to cheat and bring you in here. This is a flying elevator, the flying chair, which, which should be able to maybe bring you down into the vault itself, which you just realize, hey, wait a second, this goes into all areas of the casino. So if there's a way for us to maybe, I don't know, infiltrate this flying chair over here and bring it to another level and then find this flying chair and then bring this all the way down, or even this chair, maybe this flying chair goes down to the vault. Maybe that's the second way in. Although you do not believe that the flying chair on the east, you believe this one will only go uh, to the first four floors. The only the flying chair in the vault area, sorry, in the uh, pit area, that in the cage area, will go down into the basement. And I see two flying chairs only? Yes, you only okay. see two flying chairs. So uh, what believe... are these round things? There's round things on the map. I, uh, yes. the, the, yeah, oh, those no, are bouncers. These gold round yeah, things? Yeah, those are the bouncers. Yep. Okay. Okay, so the fine chair is, and just so I understand, it's the north double door looking thing from my view, my perspective where I'm pinging the map. Yeah, yeah, I'll draw a little. Roughly uh, there. Okay. Yeah, I'll draw a little circle. All right. Um, so it's possible that we have to go up to go down. And we have four levels. Well, there's really it's really three levels. They say okay, it's three levels because okay. it's really because it's the it's the VIP lounge is level two, Gage's penthouse is level three, and the vault is the basement, which is level four. So it's really basement plus three levels. They kind of yeah. I I am untrained in society, so they will not get me. Uh, they will not let me up upstairs. Who's bringing up the rear with the gear? Me. Low mag. What are you going to try to do? All right. Uh, well, I'm going to try and use my warfare knowledge and lore to uh, talk shop with uh, one of the bouncers. And 
try to um, get a contact and possibly look into uh, joining them, seeing if they're hiring. Mm, okay, here we go. Warfare lore, no less. Hmm, do you wish to re-roll? I do wish to re-roll. Oh, that was a mistake! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you rolled a natural 20. Here we go! Really? Oh, great. Oh! Should have kept the original. Yeah, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> that was a stupid idea. It's so funny. You never roll natural 20, and the one time you do, you do it in secret, you don't even know. Anyhow... Of course. Of course you do. Let's see. Gain contact. I'm going to choose to believe that Steve is lying and that you actually rolled a one. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. I'm totally going to redo this. uh, You get a do-over. Gain contact is not secret. You get to roll it. Oh, cool. All right. That's even better. All right. Good, good, good. All right. Hold on. I wasn't lying, Seth, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I choose to believe that. Me too. It's too like 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 it, like it, what like it, like it. <laughs> it's too heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, was it? It was like once once upon a time. It was once upon a time in uh, here we go. The gangster one. Twenty seven. Oh, That's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I, I only get a plus eleven, so I'm keeping that. But... Are you keeping that? Twenty seven. Hmm. Gain contact. All right. So you go around, you talk to some people, and you find out the lucky Nimbus can employs. Two dozen workers, including a handful of kitchen staff, numerous dealers, croupiers, bouncers, security guard, and two pit bosses. And you find out that Gage is a really good boss, and he pays everyone extremely, extremely well. So finding and gaining a contact is very hard to do uh especially because they are been trained not (laughs) to do exactly what you're trying to do and that's hobnob with mm, people like yourself uh so the good news is you're able to sort of find out who some of the people are that maybe you can talk to and uh, i can give you a list such as you find out that um let's see gitsy wonderscum is the female gnome zeus chef who works in the kitchen and you you find out a little bit about her um but she she like works almost 24 hours a day she's always there and always working uh you do find out that uh sandley istmer is uh, the female human pit boss and she's uh no nonsense. She's amazingly good at keeping her eye on things. Um, and as for some of the bodyguards and bouncers, you do strike up a conversation with Andu Matsi, who is a, a human bouncer, who uh, is way higher level than you, you find out. Even just by talking to him, you can realize this guy would clean your clock. Uh, this guy... After you're talking with him a bit about warfare and some of your expertise, this guy pulls a double shift every night for three years in a row. He pulls double shifts, 16 hours a day, and he has not a single hint of fatigue. He's also one of the best-known employees and knows every single person in the casino 
which is actually how you're able to pick up a conversation with him because he he doesn't recognize you and he knows everyone here but luckily you're able to pick up a nice little conversation with him as you talk a little bit about your war history I talk about uh, like you know do you ever see Taxi Driver when he's talking to the security guard? Like <laughs> he failed his role, but he's like, "What are you guys exactly. talking?" Uh, he's got the, the mohawk going. He's like, "It's hey, a you nice watch." Like, you, got, you got a three fifty seven, maybe something a little bigger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what does he give radio check on this guy? Yeah. What does he give him his phone number and it's too many numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like uh, Hopper Elaine. Uh, yeah, he gives him the zip code or yeah, the phone number. It's too many numbers. So uh, he, he's he's massive, way taller than you, and has a huge afro that just amplifies his imposing effect. And you find out a little bit about him. He's actually from the war-torn homeland of Vidria, and he was sick and tired of all the fights and the war there. So he showed up in Absalom, came to the casino, and... Got a job right away, since he's such an imposing sight to be seen. And he's been working pretty much double shifts ever since. Mm. Well, being that I'm an orc, I know about the, 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 the trials of war. And I'm down, I find myself down on my luck right now. I came to the city, spent all my money at the freaking festival, and now I need a job. I'll take anything. Security... Day shift, night shift, anytime, now, anywhere. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Come back tomorrow. I'll see what I can do for you. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you look fairly confident. You look pretty tough, and you seem to know what you're talking about. So maybe come back tomorrow, and I'll see what I can do for you. But I can't promise you anything. That's the best I can do. All I ever needed was a chance. Thank you, sir. So, yeah, you find a little bit of lay of the land. Find out some of the people who work there. But right now... Um, the best you can do is hope for a job tomorrow, but at least you got kind of a friend, and more like he's uh, sizing you up than really right. a friend. Right. <laughs> and there you go. Hope you guys took some notes. Yes. Yeah, I took a mental uh, note. What was the name of the uh, the sous chef again? Oh, the sous chef is. Hold on, I'll give you all the names. Kind of went through them fast. There's a lot of. People I have the other two. The sous chef. Gitsy. Wonderscum. It's Wonder and then C-O-S-M. Female sous chef. Gnome sous chef. Okay. And wait, what's this? What's the... Uh, oh, the human bouncer is uh, Andrus Mosey, right? Andrew Mo- um, Andrew? And it's, uh, it's Andrew. Be correct. It's A-N-D-U. Andrew Modzi. All right, wait, wait. Before before you go, uh, I want to rem- I want to remember a couple things because it, we, there's a lot of information there. Uh, one thing just uh, one thing pops into my head. I'm not sure whether that'll actually be disguises rather than forgery, but we should make a dummy key because we'll have to lift the key off the guy's belt, and if if we yeah. can swap it for another key, that might be the EP point that would be better than him not having. Can one. we just do the great train robbery technique? Oh, oh, the, oh, that's very right, true. It's like uh, take well, the wax and that's make true. The, but we'd, we'd have to. Oh, no, actually, maybe we could. Actually, yeah. maybe we could 
because uh, I have the spell Greater Creation where I can make oh, things. Oh, dude. Yeah, so yes. Greater Creation is maybe finally useful. Although yeah. uh, you, it, it goes away after a very short period. That's the we, problem. We, we would only need it for that short period, would we not? Yeah. That's true. And it, 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 It'll be magic, though. Didn't Steve say something about anti-magic in the casino? It'll be a magic item. I know about uh, this. Stuff. I conjure a temporary mar- mar- uh, thing from Eldritch Energy. I don't, it's interesting. It might be... That's something worth researching. Like, uh, if I like that, that would be actually very cool. Like, like if if the uh, if I if I all I need is to like examine it closely, and that would be the same as us lifting it off of him. And then, like when we're in there, I cast the creation and make a duplicate and open up the lock with it. That that uh, that would be cool. I don't know if that that would work. We could research that. That'd be awesome. The other thing I'm thinking is we might want to consider if we can be the cleaning crew that would be awesome for scouting and that would be a scout attempt where we basically have access to everywhere and be able to see but it's only one time and it's one time a week right but it's not right and it would be the day before it would be it would be one last thing the day before and i I don't know if that would be useful or what And, and i love this idea of us uh riding the flying wheelchairs to the to 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 the place yeah like I like that. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that, that would be cool if we could do that. I don't yes. know. Maybe, maybe one of us could decide to disguise ourselves as a disabled person and try to get access to it that way. As a centaur, I yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I need that because I can't use the, I can't use the stairs proper. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I just I just wanted to get that. I just wanted to get that out of my head so maybe some one of us will remember it next time because I don't know if I will. Oh, that's something else that uh, that Dougie notices. People are allowed to use the flying chairs, not just the establishment and not just the chief of security. Uh, they are, of course, escorted into the flying chair by security, but it looks like regular people are allowed to use it. Sounds cool. Yes, thank you. Good night. All right, fellas. See you later. And night uh, to Patreons. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com.